Hey everyone, my name is Jason Parker, and I want to welcome you to the Coastal Church Podcast. I'm super excited for you to hear this message. We believe that God wants to speak to us, and we hope that you're open to hear what he has to say to you today. Enjoy. Tonight we get to land the plane on our Wide Read the Bible sermon series, and so we're going to kind of wrap things up here tonight. But I just wanted to just circle back to last night. Man, what a night. Um, Blew all of our expectations out of the water. Uh, It was just an amazing night where we got to come together as the Capital C Church. And lots of different churches and pastors were represented there. Um, And it was just amazing to see that many people in that gym worshiping Jesus. Amen? And there was just a few things from last night that obviously stood out to me. Uh, I remember when they first set up the chairs, um, they set up 250 chairs, and, and um, I told Dave it, that, you know, I think we're going to need some more chairs, because I think we're going to have more people come. And I think I might have said we need more chairs about seven or eight times last night. Um, it was just really cool to see the people come and, and to see what God did last night. We had 340 people there last night. Yeah. So praise God for that. Huge shout out to our team. Um, You know, uh, James led the night. He kind of organized all the details. And I just want to say I'm super proud of Pastor James for the work he did to pull off last night. Let's give him some encouragement tonight. And... And for his team, like, uh, we all went home after last night, and he was there from 9 to uh, 9 last night, um, kind of setting up, tearing down, doing sound check, because we literally took this whole system that you see right here, um, and teared the whole thing down, brought it to the school, and they were here this morning with his volunteers. Some of them are actually working still tonight, serving, doing sound, and stuff like that. And we just have amazing volunteers here at Coastal. Um, And yeah, you can give God praise for that. And so I was just super proud of the staff, Alex and James, super proud of our volunteer team that we were able to host such a night. And uh, I'm just excited for the next one, right? <laughs> the next one we get to host. And so praise God for that. I mean, the other thing that's just really awesome were baptisms. And anytime we celebrate a baptism, whether that's in the ocean or whether that's there, it's just so encouraging to see God work in such a way. And I'm super proud of Cliff and Jenna for getting up and, and not just being baptized, but being willing to share a little bit of their story and why they decided to follow Jesus. And just super excited for them as they make the next steps in their journey. And one thing I'd encourage you to do if, you're, if you've just recently decided to accept Jesus or something I encourage people to do after they've been baptized is to take this book and devour it. (laughs) Become obsessed with reading the scriptures because after I became a Christian, I was just encouraged to start reading the scriptures and I just became obsessed with reading the Bible. And I just got as much, I gorged on the scripture. I binged the scripture and just got as much of it into me as possible. Even though I didn't understand a lot of it, I just got the scriptures into me and All of the work of transformation that God has done in my life from bringing me from an insecure drug addict who had all kinds of rejection issues and all kinds of issues with, like we sang about tonight, like all kinds of identity issues that I had in my life as a dysfunctional teenager, scripture began to transform me and tell me who I was in Christ. And so I would encourage you on your journey, if you're on a journey of following Jesus, become obsessed and make a daily rhythm and habit of reading the scripture because the scripture will change your life. I think a lot of us think of the scripture and maybe you're just starting this uh, approach to the Bible and you envision a Bible about this size and you're like, whoa. 
<laughs> ain't going to happen. You're thinking of this, and you're thinking, I could never read that. And I would just say, like, that's kind of our approach to the scripture. We think it's so daunting. And, you know, rather than taking the approach of how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? We just kind of disqualify ourselves and saying, ain't touching that with a 10-foot pole. But our goal in this, our goal during this, this uh, sermon series was to make the Bible more accessible and to help you kind of understand the scripture and that the Bible is for you. It does apply to today. It can be trustworthy. And there's actually great resources for you to help you understand reading the Bible. For instance, there is a fantastic ministry called The Bible Project. And The Bible Project puts out these free videos and has all kinds of free resources to help you understand the scripture. For instance, I'm reading a Bible plan right now that's taking me through the entire Bible in one year. And during my devotions, as I'm reading through the scripture, it has videos almost every day helping me to understand how I should read the Bible. For instance, this morning, when I was reading my Bible, it was a video on how to read the Bible, and it talked about God's law. Right now, I'm trudging through Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers. All, about three and a half uh, of those books is all designated to God's law. Why you should do this, why you shouldn't do this. And for a lot of us, it's like, man, that's the stuff in the scripture we really, really struggle with, right? And so, and so but, but large reasons why we struggle with it and we kind of get intimidated by it and we don't read it is because we don't actually know how to read it, right? And so there are resources out there to help us to understand how we ought to read the scripture. And so I would encourage you to read the scripture. And the reason why, as your pastor, I want you to read the scripture is because I believe with all of my heart, the scripture, God wants to use it to transform your life. He really, really does. I am convinced of that to the core of my being. If you, like, just imagine for a moment, if you read scripture every single day from now for the next 20 years, what kind of impact would that have on you? Whew. You have no idea. <laughs> how much of an impact that would have on you. Not to just gain Bible knowledge, but the scripture is active and living. We talked about it. And so, and so I want you to read the scripture. That's why I want you to kind of engage in the scripture because I want you to experience the transformation that Jesus wants to bring in through your life. You know, Coastal Church exists to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. And the reason why we are taking Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova is because we believe two things about when we take Jesus. There's two reasons why we take Jesus. We take Jesus because there's people that don't know Christ right now that need to be forgiven, adopted, and need to know that God loves them and has an incredible plan for their life. Amen? We take Jesus because we want people that aren't Christians to become convinced to follow Jesus. Amen? And so that's the first part of it. We want to see people saved, enter into the kingdom, adopted by God. That's the first part. The second part why Coastal exists and why we take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova is not just for people to be forgiven and get their ticket to heaven, but we want to see lives radically transformed by the gospel of Jesus. Not just merely forgiven for your sin, but seeing your life radically transformed so your life looks like Jesus. 
So your life looks like Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. So your life looks like your whole lifestyle is embracing life with Jesus in a culture that isn't. Coastal exists for those two reasons. To see people come to know Jesus and to see your life radically transformed in the primary way that God wants to transform your life is through the word of God that is active and living and has the power to change us. And so what does a transformed life actually look like? Like if I could like describe it to you, what does that look like? What does a person look like that's transformed? Well, Colossians chapter three gives us a command to be a certain way, but it's actually a description of what a transformed life looks like. This is what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since I'm members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through the Father, through him. So this passage of scripture is a bit of a, a picture or an image of what a mature believer looks like. Kind and humble and meek and patient and gentle, full of praise, full of thanksgiving. Like, that's the picture of maturity. And I think... If I were to ask you, if you've already made this conscious decision to follow Jesus, I think many of us in this room would say, I want to be mature in my relationship with God. I want my character, my heart to look like Jesus. Amen? How many of us in this room want to be like Jesus? Right? We want to be like Christ. That's the goal of a Christian, and that's the process that God has each and every one of us on. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, God is committed to something in your life. Philippians 1.6 says that he who began a good work will bring that work to completion. If you've made the conscious decision to follow Jesus, God is committed to this. God is committed to taking you from where you're at right now and transforming you to be just like him. Believe it or not, it's true. And so God wants to take you on this transformational journey that we call spiritual growth. Like, the whole process of following Jesus is about growing. And if you're not growing, you're not going forward. Like, as a follower of Christ, if you've made the conscious decision to follow Jesus, you need to grow. You need to grow, the scripture says, in every way. And it's so easy for us often as followers of Jesus to kind of like drop the following part, to not pursue, to not engage, but just to kind of play a passive role. But God actually commands us to grow, and there's different ways in which we grow. And we've talked about growing the last three weeks. We talked about one of the primary ways, the primary means that God uses to help us to grow is through what? The scripture, the word of God. But it's not just the scripture that helps us to grow. 
There's actually two other ways that are key components to help us to spiritually grow. One is the, the, the spirit of God helps us to grow. And the other one is the, the people of God. And we need all three to help us to grow spiritually. Now, some of us in this room, maybe most of us in this room, would kind of lean towards one of those three. The word of God, the spirit of God, and the people of God. And some of that depends on your wiring, your personality, how God's made you up. But I can almost bet that many of us in this room would kind of lean one way or the other into one more heavily than the other. And the problem is, is if you don't grow up in every way, if you don't grow up balanced, you can kind of get out of order and out of balance and kind of grow one way and not grow holistically like the Lord wants us to grow. You can kind of get a little one-sided. Like, for instance, if you start ignoring the word and you're like, I just want to trust in the spirit and lean in the spirit, and maybe you will neglect reading scripture, for instance, but you're really into like experiences like last night at the worship night, and you just want to worship and experience the Holy Spirit and go to ministries that are just more geared on the spirit, but not grounded in scripture. And maybe you're more like, I like leaning into people versus the word. And so you go to ministries and, and, and you interact with other Christians, but there's not this anchoring of the scripture. Maybe that's because you're intimidated by the scripture. And so, so maybe that's you. Maybe you struggle with leaning into the scripture. Maybe that's an area that is kind of a struggle for you. The problem with doing that is you're missing out on your foundation. The problem with that is, is that you might get passion from the Holy Spirit, but it's not going to be anchored. And this was me early on as a Christian. Even though I was devouring scripture, I had so much understanding of the scripture to grow in. I clearly had experienced Jesus, and I was super, super passionate. Because, like, God gives us his passion through the Holy Spirit. People want, sometimes ask, like, or, or like question why I'm so passionate. I'm passionate about God because God's love gets poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. I'm passionate about God because God has poured his passion into me. And that's what he does. But sometimes we can have passion, but it's not grounded in scripture. And early on as a Christian, that would have been true of my spiritual growth. I leaned into spiritual experiences, but I needed to be grounded in the word of God. And so maybe that's you. Or maybe... For instance, maybe this is another indicator. Maybe because you don't spend time in scripture and you spend so much time with people, people's perspectives and opinions are conforming your way of thinking more than the scripture is. Another great indi indicator of if you're kind of not leaning into scripture but you're leaning into other things is you base your decision making on what you feel. I just really feel that I should do this, or I just really feel like I want to do this, or I feel like I want to do this. And I get a little nervous when people say that. Sometimes people even say, I really feel God wants me to do this and this and this, when it actually goes against what the scripture says. I get really nervous when that happens, because God will never contradict his word. If you're feeling something that's from God, it will always line up with the scripture. But if you're not anchored in the scripture, you can just follow your feelings. And our feelings, you know what they do? They lie to us. A lot. For instance, how many of you have ever felt like you're not valuable? How many of you have ever felt insecure? 
How many ever felt that you weren't good enough? You know what those all are? All those feelings I just described to you? Lies. Because God's word says, the truth, you are more precious than all the silver and gold in the earth because you've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. God says, you're secure because I have you in the palm of my hand. You're secure in Christ. Your identity is hidden in him. You see the difference? So if we're not grounding in the scriptures, our feelings will lead us, inform us. We won't grow in the right way. If maybe you're ignoring the spirit, you're missing the power in your life. Things get really dry in your relationship with God. Maybe you're in a spot with your relationship with God where things just feel dry. Maybe use the word of like, I'm just not really feeling it right now. Or maybe you've lost your passion and you've lost that drive for God. Maybe you find that there's like unholy desires waking up inside of you and taking over. It's probably because of the absence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. And, and, and oftentimes there can just be a lack of impact in your life. Maybe it's because you're ignoring the Spirit. Or maybe, maybe you're ignoring people in your growth. Maybe you're not really a people person, and so you don't really lean into people. Or maybe you are a people person, but people in the church have hurt you, so you put your walls up tighter than Fort Knox, and you're not letting anyone else in. The problem is with that is you are missing how God wants to use people to refine you. The problem is is you begin to lose empathy and compassion for other people, and you just, you ever be in a spot in your life where you just stop caring? You just turn it off? Nope, not going to care about them no more. Just going to stop caring. Just going to turn it off. If you ignore people and lean into scripture in the spirit, you just kind of do your own little Bible study. <laughs> I got my own time with Jesus. I just, just need me and him. If you do that, sometimes you can develop this thing where you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. <laughs> you ever be around those people? That are like, they're talking about God and the Bible and so on and so forth, but they're totally unrelatable. That's what happens when you don't rub shoulders with people and you become unrelatable. The Bible wants us to grow up in every way. So where do you lean? Are you ignoring the word? Are you having a hard time leaning into the spirit? Or are you ignoring people? And I wrestled with this question because I don't want to just get up here and preach at y'all and be like, Pastor Jay is good. He's got it all together. Nope, <laughs> that's not the case. And I, as I wrestled with this, believe it or not, and I find this even hard to believe for myself, but I'm an extrovert. I love people, but I can be guilty of ignoring people. <gasps> y'all are shocked. <laughs> I was too. But the Holy Spirit was like, Here's why. I just discovered this. I'm like, I trust God. I trust his word. Take it to the bank. I believe it with my whole heart. I trust the spirit. He's God. You know what I have a hard time trusting sometimes, though? Ugh. People. Because they're not perfect. Amen? But guess what? <laughs> Neither am I. And so I sometimes can put walls up to the very people 
God wants to use in my life to help me refine and grow, even though sometimes it might hurt. So what's it for you? What are you not growing and maturing in? What has, what has stunted your growth? You know when you're a kid, your parents said to you, don't drink coffee because it will stunt your growth? You ever hear tell that before? Okay. Well, what's stunting your growth? I can almost guarantee it's one of these three things. It's maybe your lack of engaging in the word. Maybe it's your lack of pursuing the Holy Spirit. Or maybe it's you're not leaning into people that God wants you to lean into. The Bible teaches us to grow into maturity, to become spiritually mature. This is what the scripture says. And the reason why we grow to maturity, one of the reasons why we grow into maturity is for this, so that we may no longer be children. Okay, you see it? You grow to maturity, so spiritually speaking, you will no longer be children, because this is what happens with with spiritual children. Spiritual children are tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. All these different teachings can kind of toss you to and fro. How many of you know that children are temperamental? (laughs) Sheesh. They're up and down and all around, and I wanted water, not milk. I wanted milk, not water. I wanted this blankie, not that blankie. I wanted those pants, not those pants. And they cry, and they throw fits. Two seconds later, they're happy. (laughs) They're up and down and all around. Am I hitting home here tonight? (laughs) Children are temperamental. They're all over the place. They're tossed to and fro because they're kids, right? And spiritually speaking, it's similar. When you become a new Christian, there's a lot of ups and downs and all arounds, and you can be tossed to and fro. And as a new Christian, that's somewhat normal. The warning is to not do that. It's to get grounded. But as a new Christian, I half expect you to have ups and downs and all arounds and high points and low points and so on and so forth. But as you mature spiritually, God wants to bring you into a position of stability spiritually. And the scripture actually would go on to say, if you've been following Jesus for a long time, you should be in a place of stability. Now, it's not that as a mature Christian, you don't go through hard times and you aren't in need and you don't need the grace of God. You never get to the point where you don't need God, but there does come in your life a certain level of stability, spiritually speaking, a certain level of maturity spiritually. And the Bible actually expects it from you. The scripture talks about in Hebrews about how I wanted to move you on from spiritual milk to spiritual meat, but you weren't mature enough. You're still drinking the milk. And so there's an expectation that as a mature follower of Jesus, you should step up in your walk with him. But I expect my three-year-old to act like my three-year-old. We were in here having prayer, and my three kids were running around, being pastor's kids, making lots of noise. But on the way out the door, my seven-year-old said to my five-year-old and three-year-old, shh, they're praying. You got to be quiet. And my five-year-old and three-year-old are like, right? But my oldest daughter is growing into maturity. She's learning. And in the same way, spiritually speaking, 
You should be learning. You should be growing. You should be stepping into more maturehood in your walk with him. Because we've all seen like 20-year-olds act like three-year-olds, haven't we? <laughs> Don't look very good, does it? And the same is true as a follower of Jesus, right? There's a certain level of expectation of you should be a certain level of maturity. And so that means this. You're responsible. And what are you responsible to do? You're responsible to do this. Rather, speaking the truth in love, the scripture says, we are to grow up in every way. Can you say every way? Every way. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. We are to grow up in every way. So we're to grow up in the word of God. There's three ways that we grow up that I'm talking about tonight. We grow up through the word of God. That's kind of our foundation. And so how do we grow up in the word of God? We read the scripture. Making that daily discipline of digging into the scripture, whether it's a verse a day, a chapter a day, a book a day, you make that conscious effort to read and engage and devour scripture. The Bible says, men shall not live by, word, by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We get fed and sustained and grow spiritually through engaging with the scriptures. And there's all kinds of ways you can do that. You can do daily devotions. You can do Bible study. You can meditate on the scripture. Because, and as we do that, God speaks. Going back to our Colossians passage of scripture, when you read here in the passage, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. As you read the scripture, God starts speaking to your heart. He speaks to you through his word. But hearing's not enough. Just hearing the scripture isn't enough. You need the word of God to take root in your heart so that you have the desire and power to actually do what this passage of scripture says. And so we don't just need the word of God, we need the spirit of God. And this is what I love about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes the words of scripture that you and I read here today. The Holy Spirit takes the words of scripture, and you know what he does? He applies the words of scripture to your heart. He makes the words of scripture come alive to you. The Holy Spirit does something called brings revelation. As you read the scripture, the Holy Spirit shows you the truth found in scripture. I was hanging out with uh, my old professor, Mike McNeil, the other day, and we were telling this guy, this owner of this restaurant, about this crazy story of us being in China where we smuggle Bibles into the country. And I know some of you have heard this story before, but what floored me about the story is this guy that we gave Bibles to, we, he, read, he took his Bible home after he became a Christian, and he went home and he read all the way to John chapter 8 through the night that night. He came back to us and told us that he had been born again. The crazy part about his 12-hour testimony is that we never explained to him about being born again. We told him to accept Jesus, but the Holy Spirit, as he read John chapter 3, had brought what we call revelation. The Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he had been born again, that the Holy Spirit had dwelled inside of his heart. That came through him reading the scripture and God bringing revelation by the Holy Spirit. So when you read the scripture, the Holy Spirit will bring revelation and helps you grow. It'll also bring conviction. And conviction isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes you're convinced of something that's true. 
When you hear the scripture Colossians chapter 3 and you read about how humility and meekness, you know, sometimes actually God speaks affirmation to you. And I don't think a lot of us hear it because we're really too hard on ourselves half the time. When you read about humility and meekness, sometimes the Spirit will remind you, you've really grown in this area. <laughs> you used to, for instance, the Holy Spirit might say to you, you used to be all about yourself, but you're changing, and I see it. You used to be really abrasive to other people, but now the Holy Spirit, as you read about meekness, will say, now I see meekness in you. Do you see it? Now, there are other times when you read passages of Scripture like this. Like, for me, every time I see the word patience line up in Scripture, it's like, Bleh. oh, Lord, patience. Help me, Lord. And you'll have moments like that where you're reading something in Scripture, and it kind of like, ooh, it hurts. Where the Holy Spirit brings rebuke to you, because that's something the Holy Spirit does as you read the Scripture. It speaks to your specific life. And so, um, and so when you read the scripture, what are you expecting? When you open up your Bible, what are you expecting? And here's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting as I read the scripture that God is one, going to speak to me, but two, I'm expecting that God is going to affirm me in particular areas of my life that I'm growing and, and seeking to follow him. But I'm also expecting that God is going to correct and rebuke me in areas of my life. I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to take the words of God and show me stuff specifically about my life. Does that make sense? And so that's how we grow. Now, it's one thing for us to read it and the Holy Spirit to show us an area that we need to, something we need to do or something we're affirmed in. But where the word of God really gets fully part of our being is actually when we practice what the word says, when we're actually obedient. And so... The primary way that God actually wants us to walk in obedience to his word is through interacting with people. Like, it's probably really easy to be humble and meek and patient and gentle and kind when there's no one else around. <laughs> right? Oh, I'm humble. I'm meek. I'm kind. I'm compassionate. Now try to do that to 200 people. It's kind of where the rubber meets the road. Kind of, it's, it's a great litmus test. It's a great test to see how much the word of Christ actually dwells in you richly. And it's where you get this, this like, the scripture says to do this. Now go live it out. And you're like, oh, I've got a lot of area to, room to grow in that area. Yes, you do. And so the scripture actually doesn't become fully part of who we are until we actually live it out and walk it out. It's like this whole bit with forgiveness. It's like that gets worked out as we're in community with people, and we learn to forgive. We learn to, the Bible teaches us here in this passage of Scripture, what, if you have a grievance with someone else, forgive them. Let it go. See, it's there that the Word of God actually gets tested and become part of our being when we practice it. And so, we grow through the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the people of God. We, share, we are to grow in every way to bring us into a spot of stability. So, I'm not a pushy, step-on-your-toes preacher. Just not who I am. But every now and then, the Lord leads me to be a little on the pushy side. Can I push you? No? Okay.
Have you stopped growing? Are you growing? Because here's what I want to tell you, and you can disagree with me about this. You can push back on it. But here's what I believe. Your spiritual life is your responsibility. Your spiritual life is your responsibility. It's not your spouse's. It's not your church. It's not your pastor. It's not your small group. Your spiritual life is your responsibility. And if you've stopped growing and you're not currently growing, it's because you're neglecting your spiritual responsibility. Sometimes people say the comment of, I'm not being fed. Maybe you're feeling like, or you've been in a situation where you feel like you're not being fed. Now, if my... Son or daughter, my son JJ, who's three, he wants some food. I'm going to get him some food. I'm going to get him some water. But my seven-year-old, who wants a cup of water, this might sound really harsh, but sometimes if she asks for a cup of water, I just say to her straight up, you can help yourself, dear. You can help yourself, dear. And at some point, she's going to grow where she's going to be able to do her own laundry and look after herself. And so the point I'm trying to make is this. I'm not neglecting or shirking my responsibility as your pastor. But what I am saying is that you are spiritually responsible for your own spiritual life. So I got this loaf of bread. You know where I'm going, right? Are you spiritually growing? If the answer is no, then you can help yourself. <laughs> you know where the bread is. You can open up the cupboards. I'll tell you where to get all the food. I'll tell you how to grow. I'll tell you how to get everything you need for life and godliness through the scripture. I'll direct you to where to get the grub. You can have a boss old mug up. You can eat to your heart's content. Jesus said, he who comes to me will drink living water, will never thirst again, will drink the bread of life and never hunger again. I can point you to him, but it's your responsibility to go after him. And so maybe tonight's a moment where you said, oof, you're right. I've stalled. I've plateaued. I am not growing. And I just want to encourage you. I want to let a little fire under your butt, if that's okay. Grow up in every way. Start a fresh pursuit of Jesus. Pursue his spirit, pursue his word, and lean into his people. The team's going to lead us in worship. But maybe the Holy Spirit's convicting you and you need prayer tonight. Our prayer team's coming up. Maybe you want prayer in something specific in your life. I'd encourage you. It's my desire as your pastor is that you would grow up in every way. But the ball's in your court. It's your responsibility. What you gonna do?
We really hope that this message is motivating you to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus and has inspired you to join us in our mission to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. If you have any questions about the sermon, if you want to know how you can get involved, send us an email at office at coastalchurchns.com. We'd love to get connected with you. Have a great day.